Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about when I got here 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I grew up as a Christian. I got saved when I was six. I was sharing on Easter. It was on my Superman sheets. I asked Jesus into my life, and I got saved. And so I was a Christian my whole life. And then when I, when I got around people at, at Awakened Church, I started to see that there was something different about the people here. And I started to, to notice that when they would pray, they would get results. In other words, when they would pray, stuff would happen. Things would shift. And so I was very intrigued by the people here. I was very interested in why that is. And so I started reading, reading books. And I started to, to read books about kind of some of the heroes of the faith, the, the Smith Wigglesworth and the John G. Lakes and the Catherine Coleman's and all of these great men and women of God of the past. And, and one of the things that I found in these books that I was reading was there was something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and all of these people would say that they would get sort of like limited results, but then when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, their ministries and their lives went through, through the roof. And so I got interested in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so when I met Pastor Jurgen, I would say, Pastor Jurgen, how do I get baptized in the Holy Spirit? I didn't know what it was. No one told me about it. I got here when I was 31. No one told me that there was more to Christianity than what I was experiencing. So I'd go up to Pastor Jurgen. I'd say, Pastor Jurgen, how do I get baptized in the Holy Spirit? And he would say, he would, he would quote Matthew uh, 5, 6. He said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so he said, just, just, just stay hungry. Just stay hungry. And so I remember me and uh, the, the San Marcos campus pastor, Dr. Matt, we, we kind of came at the same time, or a little bit, I came a little bit after him, and we would talk about it. We'd, we were both grew up in kind of religious backgrounds, and and it was almost like a race, like who could get baptized with the Holy Ghost first? And so next thing you know, his wife, who had no religious background, bam, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we were like, what the heck, God? We've been praying. We've been believing. And nothing's happened. And then he tells me about his mom. He tells his mom about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, his mom is just driving down the street in her car. Worship music is on. She's just singing worship music. Next thing she, you know, she breaks out in tongues and starts singing in tongues. She got baptized with the Holy Spirit in her car while she's just singing worship music. So I went in my car, turned on the radio, and I started to drive. And I'm like, Lord, you know. He was probably like, stop singing, Okay. It didn't happen in my car. It didn't happen in my car. And I wasn't even going to this church yet. But I remember one day I, I got a, an email that said Pastor Jurgen was going to be preaching at this event. And Pastor Ashley could probably tell you this story by heart. But I get this email from, from whoever, and it says Pastor Jurgen's preaching at this, at this church. So I'm like, babe, let's go. And she was a little bit like, grew up in a religious background. She wasn't all about the Holy Spirit. She, you know, wasn't all about speaking in tongues and all of that. And so I convinced her to go with me. This before we had kids. And so we go to this event and we walk in. It's this tiny little church. And our worship team is there. The, the Awakened team worship team is there. My wife and I walk in through the back. And there's maybe 75 people there. And as we're walking in, we realize, hang on a minute we're the oldest people here. So we just kind of go like, 
And then Pastor Jurgen, you know Pastor Jurgen, he's like the nicest, most including guy ever. He goes, John and Becky, come on, sit in the front. And so we're like, oh my gosh. So we come into this thing, we realize it's a youth event. It's a youth event. So we, we walk in and we're like, okay, this is weird. I was sitting in the front row. I'd never sat in the front row before. I'd never been in the top 10. So I was feeling a little bit odd. I knew Pastor Jurgen operated in, you know, prophecy and words of knowledge. And I was wondering if he was going to call me out and tell me all the bad things I've done in the past. And it was just really weird sitting in the front row. And so he goes through the, we go through the, the service and then the worship team comes back on. And as the worship team is singing, he starts to pray for my wife. Now, I had been praying for my wife so that we could come to Awaken because we were going to another church. And so I had been praying and travailing and, you know, asking God, can we come to Awaken? Can we come to Awaken? And she's like, no, it's weird. You know, it's like Holy Spirit stuff. And, and so when he starts praying for her, I'm like, yes, God. Yes, you're answering my prayers. And I had seen people, you know, kind of fall over under the power of God and stuff. And I was like all about it. I'm like, yes, that's what I want. I want to feel God. I don't care if he, I don't care if he sticks me to the ceiling, throws me against the wall. I just want to know it's him. And so I'm like praying for my wife as your Pastor Jurgen's praying for her. And I'm like, come on, God, deck her right now. Drop her, drop her so that she knows it's you. I want to come to Awaken. So he's praying for her, and it was, it, was, um, it was great, but she didn't get dropped. So I was like, okay, that's okay. That's okay. So then, but then he, he turns to me, and he puts his hand on me, and I promise you, it was like all of a sudden, I just felt this, this power start to go through my body, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I start doing the, the Holy Ghost wobble, you know? And I was like, oh, my gosh. But I'm trying not to fall over because if we fall over, if I fall over, maybe my wife won't let us come to awaken because she might think it's weird. And so I'm fighting. I'm fighting this thing, and it's this whole thing. And he's saying, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, touch his life. I mean, he's going off, prophesying over me. And then finally, at the end, he's like, in the name of Jesus, baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Bam. And he hits me, and I'm like, boom, and I hit the ground. And I fall down. I start speaking in tongues right when I hit the floor. But then I was like, because I didn't want my wife to hear me. If she hears me, we're not going to be able to go to Awaken. So I make my way up right away. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And I'm still like wobbly, right? And, uh, and my wife looks at me and she goes, why didn't you just fall over? You looked like an idiot. I'm like, babe, I'm doing this for you. But that day, something changed in me. That day, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. I got filled with a supernatural power that I had never felt before, that I had never had before, that I didn't know anything about, but I didn't care. All I wanted to do was go after God. All I wanted to do was have the most uh, greatest Christianity experience that I could here on earth. And I knew that that was the key, that that was the key. I knew there was something more. I felt supernatural. I felt bold. I felt like there was a fire on the inside of me now for things that I didn't necessarily care about before. I started to devour the Bible. I started to pray more. I started to get up earlier. I started all of these things. I felt like a super spiritual man. The title of this message is super spiritual. 
I want us all to be super spiritual. Not super weird, just super spiritual. Super natural. And I started to, to, to read the scriptures and started to realize that, you know what? We don't just have to read the Bible. We can experience the Bible. We can get results. And I started to pray for people, and people started to get healed, and people started to get breakthrough, and, and I started to get revelations that I never got before for things in my life and my marriage and, and in business and all of these things. I started to get revelation. Because the Bible says when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you receive power, but you also receive gifts. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits, words of wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, miracles, healings, and faith. When you get touched with the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, He brings gifts. Now all of a sudden, your whole world opens up. Now all of a sudden, you don't have to just rely on yourself or just rely on words that you've read. Now you have the power to change things. Bill Johnson said, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, and that's for you. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's for them. That's for them. And so it's called the baptism of the, of the Holy Spirit, and generally it's two separate experiences. When we get saved, we receive the Holy Spirit, and He comes to live on the inside of us. But then when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, we go live in Him. So now He's in you, and you're in Him. Baptism means fully immersed. So now he's in you and he's on you. You are super spiritual. You're like a super spiritual man or woman. So tonight I want to give you an opportunity to become super spiritual. I want to give you an opportunity to have that experience that I had 15 years ago that changed everything for me. I want to give you that experience. So we're going to do a quick Bible study and then we're going to pray. Is that good? So Joel 2.28, 800 years before Jesus, Joel says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. God speak, uh, Joel speaking about God. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. My sons and daughters will prophesy. My old men will see dreams. My young men will see visions. So he prophesies the day of Pentecost, 800 years before it happens. Fast forward to the New Testament. Luke 3.16, John the Baptist is on the scene, and he's preaching, and he's baptizing people, and he's, and he's talking about uh, the kingdom of God, and then he, all of a sudden, he, he, he baptizes Jesus, or before he baptizes Jesus, he says this. He says, John answered, saying to all the people, he's preaching to all these people, and he says, I indeed baptize you with water, which was the only baptism I'd ever heard of, baptism in water, which we're going to have, I think, next week, next Wednesday. He said, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. With fire. And so John the Baptist is saying, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in water, but you also need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fast forward, Jesus goes through his ministry. And, you know, he's healing the sick, he's preaching, he's raising the dead, he's, he's preaching the gospel, he's ministering to the poor, he's preaching the gospel to the poor. And then he gets crucified, he rises again, and then we find him in Luke 24, 49, he says, he comes to uh, his disciples. Now his disciples were in this room because they were fearful of the Jews 
because Jesus just rose from the dead and you know all this chaos was happening. So they were hiding in this room. The door was shut and Jesus just appears. He just appears in their midst, the Bible says. And he shows them himself. So they believe in him because they see him in the flesh. They believe in him, the Bible says. And then he says, behold, I, I send the promise of my father upon you, the Holy Spirit, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. So Jesus says, I want you to go make disciples, but before you go, I want you to wait. I want you to wait in the city until you receive power. John 20, 21 is the description of a similar story, a similar uh, description of that story. It says, so Jesus said to them again, he comes in, he comes into the disciples and he says, peace to you. Because they were freaked out. He just came up in the midst of them with the door shut. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus comes to his disciples. They believe in him because they see him in the flesh. And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes on them the breath of new life, just like when God breathed on Adam in the Garden of Eden, and all of a sudden Adam comes to life. Now Jesus breathes on the disciples new life, and they come to life again. They are born again, but the day of Pentecost hadn't yet come. So they receive the Holy Spirit, experience one, they're saved, they're going to heaven, that's for them, but they have yet to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. Acts 1, 7, and 8. Now, they, now they're with Jesus again, and they're, they're asking Jesus, when are you going to restore the kingdom? And he says, he, says, it's, he says this in verse 7. He says, and he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put on his own authority. So many people just worry, and, and they're trying to figure out when Jesus is going to come back, when Jesus is going to come back. Jesus is like, don't worry about that. Worry about this. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So while everybody else is freaking out, oh my gosh, things are getting worse. Oh my gosh, the devil's so big and so strong. And oh my gosh, I can't believe the county supervisors just voted that new definition of women. Now anybody can be a woman. You just got to say you're a woman and... All these weird laws are passing in the state of California, and everybody is saying, oh my gosh, I heard rumors of a war, there was an earthquake, and you know, a tsunami, the, the end of the world is coming. Jesus says, you know what? Don't try and figure all that stuff out. Go wait in the upper room and receive power, and go be my witnesses to the world in every sphere of culture. Whatever I've assigned you to, go and do, but do it with power. Because if you want to unseat county supervisors, you need power. If you want to be a teacher, you need power. If you want to start a business, you need power. If you get sick, you need power. If you need to change the whole arts and entertainment, we need power. So I believe we cannot fulfill our assignment unless we get baptized with power. He doesn't baptize you with power to do the possible. He baptizes you with power to do the impossible. If you can do it yourself, why do you need him? So if you want to do something you can't do, you need power. You need power. 
So he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now the, now the disciples didn't know what power was going to look like. They didn't know what power was going to feel like. They just knew Jesus said, wait. And isn't it interesting that they waited 10 days in the upper room? 10 is the number of law. The Holy Spirit came the day of Pentecost on day 50 after Jesus rose from the dead. That's the year of Jubilee. 50 means Jubilee. 50 means celebration. 50 means freedom. 50 means you get back what what they have stolen. So isn't it interesting on day 50, the Holy Ghost comes, sets people free, gives them power, gives them back what the devil stole, which is their authority and power in the earth on day 50. It was a day of Jubilee. Here's what it says in Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, They were all with one accord in one place, 120 of the disciples. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. It's for everybody. It's going to fill this whole house. Then there, there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. Now, the Holy Spirit baptism isn't just for us to have a a, a nice feeling or goosebumps. It's to cause us to go want to change the world. It's to cause us to have power to do the things that God's called us to do. So these disciples didn't just get a good feeling. They wouldn't change the world. They wouldn't turn the world upside down. So the Holy Spirit comes on them, day of Pentecost, they start speaking in tongues. Remember, they didn't know what it was going to feel like. This speaking in tongues was a sign to them. They had received the power that Jesus said that they were going to receive. So this rushing mighty wind, the sound, it wasn't a wind, but it was a sound. That's what it sounded like. And then the tongues of fire came, and they started speaking in, in, in a language that they didn't learn. And all of these people heard the sound. They all came around. Then Peter gets up and preaches a message he didn't prepare for. 3,000 people get saved. And the church is launched in power. The church is launched in power. Now, this message isn't about speaking in tongues. I'm going to talk about that on Tuesday morning men's prayer if you want to come. But when you speak in tongues, the Bible says in Jude 1.20, it says, you're building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. So praying in tongues, you're, you're, you're building up your spirit, man. You're, you're, you're becoming more super spiritual when you pray in tongues. The Bible says you're praying mysteries to God, the perfect prayer of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into more of that. But you're edifying yourself. You're edifying yourself. That was a sign. Now, some of you might be, might be here and you're like, man, I've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's been like 15 years. Or it's been five years. It's been a year. I've already, I've already done that. Well, there's more. There's more for you. It can happen again. It can happen again. I call it being re-dipped. Acts 4.31. This is just two chapters later. It says that when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. I'm waiting for that to happen at men's and women's prayer. The place that we were play, praying is shaken. And they were all filled again with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. With boldness. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you might be saying, well, I've lived my whole life as a Christian. I hadn't needed that. I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty successful. 
it's pretty awesome, my life. You might not think it's a big deal. You may not think it's for everybody. Well, that's not what the disciples thought. So if you read in Acts 8.14, this is just a few chapters later, it says, Now when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, so they had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So for as yet he had not fallen upon none of them. So they had received the word of God. They were saved, but they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Two separate experiences. They had received the word of God, but they hadn't been baptized yet in the Holy Spirit until Peter and John, who left where they were to go down, it was so important to them, they went 40 miles or so and went and laid hands on these disciples so that they could receive the power to fulfill their call. It was important to them. Simon the sorcerer saw him and he was freaked out. He was like, I want some of that. That when you lay hands on people, they receive the Holy Spirit. Something must have happened. There must have been a sign. The Bible doesn't talk about what the sign was, but something must have happened for him to see something. The Bible says he saw something. Acts 19, Paul thought it was pretty important too. After finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. That was me growing up. I had received Jesus, but I didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit to receive. Verse 6 says, so when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesied a sign that they had received the power of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it was important enough to the disciples to leave where they were when they heard people that had received the word of God to go down and lay hands on them that they might receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It also gives me um, a little bit of comfort knowing that the disciples, some of the disciples' disciples weren't filled with power and weren't kind of carrying on what they were carrying because they had to go there and do it themselves. So it gives me a little bit of comfort that you know, sometimes some of the people that you disciple, they don't know everything that you know, but it's okay because you can just still, still go help them. But why don't we stand to our feet? That was just a little Bible study so that you know it was real, you know it was for everybody. But now I want to give you an opportunity, and I'm going to ask the, the singers to come back out. And we're going to give you an opportunity to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to give you an opportunity to get re-dipped if you've already been dipped. So if that's you tonight, what I'm going to do is lead you in a really simple prayer. And then I'm going to pray for you. And then some of our ministry team are going to lay hands on you. And you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, when you, everything that we do in the kingdom, we do by faith. Everything that we receive, we receive by faith. So when you get prayed for, when you pray the prayer and you get prayed for, by faith, in order to speak, you have to make a noise. You have to give voice to whatever it is that you're doing. So after you get prayed for, by faith, you just have to let out whatever is coming out of you. And you can't be concerned about what it sounds like. The devil will try to sit, tell you it's, you're, you're making it up. It's not you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're all going to be doing it. So it won't seem weird. You just got to do it by faith. And it's not like if, you, if it doesn't happen or if it's, it's not like you're going to die. Just try it. Like just by faith, just do it. Just do it. Because the Holy Spirit is here 
and he wants to fill you with power. So if that's you tonight and you've never been, been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I want, you to, I want to invite you to come down here. I want you to invite you to come down here and pray the prayer with me. Don't be shy. Be excited. Amen. Okay, I don't want you to feel any pressure because the Bible says receive. All you got to do is receive. You don't have to strive to get it. God wants to give it to you. The Bible also says in Luke 11, 11, 13, it's talking about how fathers on earth know how to give good gifts to their kids. And it says if, if you ask for bread, God's not going to give you a stone. If you ask for an egg, you're not going to get a scorpion. And then it says in 11, 13, it says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So all we're going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and we're just going to ask Him for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to come and baptize you with, with power and with fire. You guys good with that? Okay. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and then I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm just going to ask for... After we're all done praying, I'm going to ask for the ministry team to come and just, just help and just lay hands on people. Once you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can stay up here as long as you want. The team's going to sing a song. I want you to get in your car every time you drive for the next month. Turn on the worship music and just speak in tongues. Just pray in tongues and just go for it. People think you're singing, you're speaking in tongues. It's just like anything. It's a muscle you got to practice. It's a muscle you got to practice. Okay. Perfect. 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 Okay. Okay. Yep. So, so we're going to pray this prayer. I want you guys to, to repeat after me. And then I'm just going to pray for you. And then we're going to lay hands on you. So just say these words. All these people up front, just say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that the Bible says that if we want the Holy Spirit, all we have to do is ask. So right now, Jesus, we acknowledge that you are the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. So we ask for the Holy Spirit. We ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I ask that you would baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with power and with fire. In Jesus' name, I receive you now. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.